1: Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and I have an amazing return guest with me. Mari Cartagenova is with us again, and we are going to discuss hidden memories and past lives. Uh, but before we swing into that, I would like to invite you to get to know yourself a little bit better uh, by taking the What is Your Number One Superpower Quiz. This allows you a peek into your own particular giftedness. The things that we oftentimes take for granted as we move through this world because they're just like breathing to us and we don't see them as anything special the way that those around us do. So I put together the Superpower Quiz in order to give you a peek, to act as a mirror, if you will, to show you what your particular giftedness is and what makes you special in this world. You can take that quiz at superpowerquiz.us It takes about two minutes for this valuable insight. And so moving back to our guest, I will introduce Mari. Mari Kartagenova is a psychic medium. She's an animal communicator and a best-selling author with clients from all over the globe. She specializes in heartfelt messages from both past loved ones and living or past on animals. Mari also helps find lost and missing pets with the help of spirit and works frequently with uncovering clients' past lives. When you sit with Mari, you can really feel the presence of your loved one her connections offer specific detail, leaving you feeling both at peace and uplifted at the same time. Mari has trained with top mediums from all over the world, including Tony Stockwell, John Holland, Lisa Williams, James Van Pra, uh, Thomas John, and Lauren Rainbow. Welcome Mari, I'm so happy to have you back with me today. Thank you, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to chat with you again and and your viewers. Yes, I always enjoy having these conversations. I feel so spoiled every time I do one of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know when we were preparing for this show, we got to talking about um, past lives and past life regression, which is something I'm currently training in. But when you bring forward these past life memories, it's a little bit different. So tell me a little bit about what the difference is for those who are out there listening.
2: Yeah, it is definitely different because I'm not trained in the past life regression, but it was just something I started doing with my clients. They would come to me And say, you know, I'm really curious about my past lives. Or sometimes it would just come up automatically in a session, something that was going on with them. So for me, it's very similar to how I would do um, a missing animal piece. It's almost like I'm a GoPro, like a little camera on top of, you know, either a person's head or spirit's head. And they sort of take me through someone's past life. And sort of show me what they were. And then in terms of the whole the hidden memory piece, which we haven't touched on yet, um, it's a it's a similar experience. It's like I could be walking through someone's house and seeing their grandmother and seeing their dog, and I'll describe the room to them and talk about things that you know we're human, we can't remember every single second of our lives and certainly at not least our not parents.
1: consciously, right? Right, exactly. <laughs>
2: So for the hidden memory piece, you know, I'll be sort of describing things that people may have forgot. And then for the um the past life piece, it's similar and you know, certainly a lot of people don't know very much about their past lives other than, oh, I'm afraid def- deathly afraid of water and I don't know why. And yeah. so that's something that we sort of uncover through this past lives, I, I call it like a look ahead to their past
1: life. you know, look ahead, into <laughs> look <past>. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So for you, is there kind of a material difference between discovering a hidden memory as opposed to one of recalling some of this past life stuff?
2: Um, it feels a little bit different. It's a little hard to explain. It's just sort of like a feeling in my body, like I, when I'm delving into a past life when I'm seeing it because I'm very clairvoyant. So that means I see things energetically, I get pictures of things. Um, So it's not like I'm seeing it with my human eyes. I'm seeing it sort of, you know, with my third eye, I guess, as it were. Um, And so when I'm seeing a past life, it looks a little like, almost like a little fog around the edges. So maybe that's spirit sign to me, like this is something in the past. Mm -hmm. And when I'm seeing a current life, it looks a lot crisper and more clean. And so that to me sort of delineates the difference. And then I can sort of tell where I am.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So what kind of, what are the things that bring people to you looking for a a past life kind of recall situation? Do they know that they're looking for this when they show up? Or what brings them to you? Well, it it
2: depends. I mean, sometimes people will specifically ask me to do this and will sort of delve into their past life. Sometimes people will just say, you know, I have this feeling that I've known this person before. I have this feeling that, you know, I used to work in this field of work or I'm very attracted to the spiritual and I sort of feel connected, but I don't know why. Those usually are clues for me. As to, you know, well, there's probably going on. I mean, we all, if you believe in reincarnation, which is what we're talking about, um, you know, there's always clues in our past life because, you know, you are exactly where you need to be. And so in your past life, it was the same thing. You were experiencing what you needed to experience to get to where you are today. And so, you know, if someone says to me, yeah, you know, I feel really drawn to, you know, herbal medicine and, you know, every time I see it, I feel like, oh yeah, I should go do it. And it's almost like I have a memory of it, but I've never done it. It feels really weird. Those are sort of like tip-offs for me that, yeah, maybe we should, you know, and of course I ask my client, are you interested in looking at your past lives? Is this something that, you know, you feel resonates with you? And if they do, then that's sort of where we dive in.
1: Yeah. I know there are probably some folks out there rolling their eyes and going, no, we only get one swing (laughs) at this thing. Uh, But the interesting thing I find is working with clients, even if you have that strong belief, right? That we only do this once. um, The interesting thing is, and I'm not sure if it's a function of the subconscious, uh, but there are past life things to pull forward, regardless of whether you believe it or not. And it seems to have a healing effect, regardless of whether you believe that you had a past life or not, which I always find really intriguing to me. Yeah. (laughs) Have have you had that experience with your clients as well?
2: Absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's, you know, as I always say, that's why I do this work, because I, I wanna give healing and comfort to my clients and, you know, to the world in general um and absolutely i mean that's that's part of the reason for doing the past life readings or the hidden memories is because i can say you know without a doubt every time i've done it people are like oh well that makes sense and now i know why i feel this way and like it connects the dots for them in a way that may they may not have done been able to do previously where it was a little hazy. And and I think when it's hazy, it brings confusion and sometimes fear. Mm. And so, but when it's almost like lifting off the veil, you're like, oh, well, now I see how it connects and why I feel this way or why I'm drawn to this person. Um, And it gives them sort of a sense of security and comfort that really gives them, you know, really a, a sense of being planted sort of stronger in this world while still having one foot in the other and having their eyes open to it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I always find it interesting, the the tension between like the logical mind and the subconscious, which is where the beliefs and that kind of stuff all hang out. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's it's intriguing. And I, I know there are people who feel, I'm I'm one of these. I have days where it's like, how is it that I am so rational and logical and yet so woo and out there at the same time? It's almost like I'm two different people, right? Right. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's, tr- it's true. Usually you're one way or the other. So like I know for me, a lot there. I have a lot of my family members that are very, you know, like MIT educated, very grounded, scientific. And then here I am. And, you know, I, I have advanced degrees, but I'm definitely not scientific. And math was not my strongest, you know. <laughs> class <laughs> in, in high school or college. But um, yeah, I mean, we have different parts of ourselves. I mean, there are parts that, like you were saying, that can be rational and argue and maybe more lawyer like. And then there are the parts, the emotional parts, like the the covered hidden emotional parts. And we are made up of many different parts. and But sometimes they might, you know, clash a little bit because you're like, how is it I can do this? But I, you know, I guess it's liking pie and spicy Thai food at the same time.
1: you know. Yeah, exactly. I love that analogy. That's a good one. Because you need the pie after the spicy Thai food, I have to tell you. Exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love food, so I'm always using food as
1: my analogies. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and good news, bad news, there are lawyers on the other side as well. Of course, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I use them in my sole contract renegotiation work all the time. <laughs> absolutely, you know. So tell us a little bit more about these hidden memories. What what are they and why do we have them?
2: Yeah, well, and that's a little bit, it's a sort of a, a, a side piece, I think, of the past lives. And it's some, some of my newer work that I've been doing is the hidden memories piece. And because I've, I've had clients come back to me and say, and, and we're talking about this current life and not about past lives. I've had clients come back to me and say, you know, well, I had something happen in my childhood and I don't really remember it. Or whenever I'm with, you know, Uncle Fred, I feel kind of strange. Or there was this Christmas that I know my mother keeps talking about and I have no memories of. And it's more like that. So because we do store all of our memories in our bodies and whether we consciously remember them or not, they are there. And so if you come to me for this type of work, and I am a trained and licensed therapist, let me add that as well. So, Well, and
1: that's a comforting thing to know, yes. right? Because there are a lot of people out there who've taken like a week no- a weekend hypnosis course and think they are now qualified to dink around with people's subconscious minds. <laughs> yeah, and you, you can run into a lot of trouble that way. <laughs> A hundred
2: percent and a hundred percent. And I'm not, you know, and when I'm doing that work, I try to be very careful because I'm not working under my therapeutic license. You know, if you come yeah. to me as a psychic medium, it's a little, a little bit different. Um, But I am trained, I am licensed. I have my master's. So I, I understand that process. So if you come to me for that, it's not, again, you're not just working with somebody that has no clue because I, Unfortunately, I have run into those people and I think it can be very distressing because you have someone that's sort of trying to get you to open up, which sometimes can be really traumatic memories. They're not all yeah. traumatic. Sometimes they're really amazing, but it could be traumatic. And if you're dealing with someone that doesn't have the training, that's, you know, just really, you know, it, it could border on malpractice. So, you know, it's something that you if you don't have the training, it's not something you should be doing. Let's, yeah. let's put that out there. Um <laughs> So, so when I'm working with that type of client that wants to know about memories of their current life, it's similar for me. Again, I get a much crisper picture of, you know, where spirit is taking me. And again, they might walk me around their living room or they'll show me an event that happened. And I think at least the work that I've done with my clients up to this point, there hasn't been anything like super traumatic because I put that out to spirit. It's like, I don't want to see like anyone really hurt or I don't right. want to see any sexual abuse or I just, you know, that's just not an area I want to be working in, you know, especially when I'm not working off my therapeutic license in a mediumship session. So there, so, and spirit is, as you know, is usually pretty cooperative and yeah. respects, <laughs> you know, they respect yeah. emotionally what you're looking for. And so I haven't had those issues, but I've certainly gotten fights or I've, I've helped them to find lost objects. They're like, I know my grandmother had this really amazing China cup and she hid it and she told me to go look for it and we're cleaning out our house, you know. So and we think
1: like, we think we've looked all the places we're not finding. Yeah, exactly.
2: It. Yeah. Exactly. So now you know that's also a hidden memory. So um, it, it may not be for them, but it's for somebody else. And so I'm able to sort of walk them through that. And people have really been able to discover. Things that have happened to them that they were unable to consciously remember that was really able to give them a lot of healing and a lot of comfort and a lot of insight because they're like, oh, well, if it's in the case of the mug or the glass, like, of course, now I know where it is, you know, case solved. But if it's in the case of a relationship or a weird feeling with somebody and now they understand it was that fight or is that weird comment they said or they didn't get invited to something and their brother did stuff like that, that just is hurtful and you carry it with you. And you're like, yeah, I don't know why I don't like you, but I just don't like you. Um, Once they have that information, they're able to sort of open up that box and sort of resolve some of that emotional trauma that they've been carrying. Because, you know, as you know, we do carry a lot of the emotional trauma in our body and if you don't resolve it, sometimes it can turn into medical issues and the like. So yeah. if you're carrying hurts and things like that, it's probably good to figure out what they are so that they don't go any further.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I wonder if you can just kind of flip that on your head. And if you've had a recent medical diagnosis of something scary cancer, heart disease, kidneys, whatever it is, it might be the moment to start digging into the emotional foundation that's supporting that in your system as well. Uh, Not to say that that's the only thing perhaps you need to do to get well, but it certainly is a, a pivotal thing to handle that will help your healing as you move through the process.
2: A hundred percent. And, you know, and I've said that to people and some people are like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, if I have something wrong with me, it's because, you know, I eat Oreos all day or what, which does <laughs> sound delicious actually as a side note, but, um, you know, it's like, oh, it's got, why would my feelings have anything to do it? And I understand, you know, your rational mind, anyone that's listening might think that doesn't make any sense, but, somehow, and again, I'm not the creator. So I don't know why it works this way. But we do store those things in our bodies. And you know, if you're having these feelings, or if you have sort of unresolved issues with people in your family, it's good to get them out. Even if the person has passed away, you can write a letter, you know, I tell my clients, you can write a letter and burn it, or you can write a letter and rip it up and bury it, because you need to get it out. Because if
1: you're holding on to it, then it definitely can cause issues. I mean, I've seen it time and time again. And and I want to say, especially with the ones that have passed away, right? Because those are the ones that we feel most helpless around. It's like, I don't have a chance to resolve. Yes. Yes. You do have a chance to resolve it because they have have left. This world does not close that door. So.
2: Right. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Well, we're up on our first break already. And For those who've joined us today, what I will invite you to do is take your pen, take your piece of paper, and spend some time around those topics that we just talked about. You know, is there someone that you feel weird about or a situation you feel weird about that doesn't have an explanation? Uh, Is there unresolved issues that are going on? Are there health things that are popping up for you? Uh, that might perhaps bear a little bit more investigation and hang with us, we'll be right back from the break. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renee Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZophia, that's T E L L Z O F I A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Inner Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia René Morales, and I'm still here with the amazing and wonderful Mari Cartagenova. And before the break, we were discussing some indications that you might want to consider doing some of this hidden memory and past life kind of work. Um, I know some people are concerned about uh, actually doing a past life regression, for example, because they're, they, they feel leery about parts of the process i don't i want i don't want to see anything that might be uncomfortable or distressing or i don't want to you know go through a death scene or something like that right yeah <laughs> so when you do your past life work how is that different from a regression how does that address those concerns
2: Well, I definitely ask the client, like you were saying, if there's something you don't want to see, if there's something you're, you know, like, again, like a death scene or something that's really upsetting. And like I said earlier, before I do the work, I always ask, like, I don't really want to personally, I don't really want to delve into anything really, you know, really traumatic just because it's not something I want to see. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's not something my clients want to see. At least they won't with me anyway. So um so that I sort of put that out to spirit. But if you're doing this type of work with me, you know, I ask, you know, what are your goals? What you know, what specifically are you looking for in this in this hidden memory? You know like again because it could be something as simple as a missing item it could be something more complicated as a relationship that's kind of gone south but you don't know why or you know i i sort of remember i thought you know my brother was doing this and then he wasn't or so i ask of course you know you know as a social worker we always say start where the client is so that's my credo and so wherever the client is i ask them what they're looking for and i go off of that um, But you know, it, there's nothing weird. Like I always start all of my sessions. Like no one's head's gonna start spinning around.
1: There's not gonna be any <laughs> there's, there's no exorcist stuff gonna happen here. Yes.
2: <laughs> well, it's true, and because I think people, yeah. you know, everyone's coming from their own perspective, and they see a lot of movies or these oh, scary my paranormal God. shows. Exactly. And, and I say, look, you know, if you if you're watching this, or you know, like I'm a normal person. Excuse me, I'm not like, you know, some crazy whacked out person This is so. this is
1: soccer mom central over
2: here. <laughs> it is soccer mom central. I totally am soccer mom. And so I would say, look, nothing weird's gonna happen, but I you know, I ask them to take a breath, close their eyes if they want to, just sort of set the space, sort of allow ourselves to settle in our bodies and not be stuck in our head like, Oh my god, it's gonna happen. So I try to let everybody know that it's gonna be fine, nothing weird's gonna happen, and I'm gonna be guiding them. Um, And I just sort of take a walk through, I ask spirit to walk me through the scene in question, you know, whether it's the house or, you know, wherever the incident happened, or what it is specifically that they're looking for. And I just sort of start walking through energetically. And then I just sort of report what I'm seeing. Um, And again, I think it's based also on my my training as a therapist, if there is something there that's a little untoward, um I'm able to sort of couch it in a way that doesn't sound so bad because yeah. I, you know I'm not gonna say oh wow you know this this you know person is kicking the cat or or, or worse you know <laughs> yeah. so I'm not gonna say that you know um I'm gonna say something a little softer um and again I'm, they're not usually showing me anything crazy but you know sometimes there's arguments there's raised tempers there's you know unhappiness certainly um, and I just sort of walk them through the scene and I'll describe it. So I'll describe the emotions, the people that are there, um, you know, this is the kitchen look like, and the linoleum was green. And so like, as I'm talking, they'll be like, Oh, you know, if I'm doing a good job, then i be like, yeah, that's what, that's what the, my kitchen used to look like when I was little, or that's what my aunt's mm-hmm. house is or something. So yeah.
1: I'm sort of Yeah Well, and I, I, I like that because, You're like a buffer almost between the client and whatever it is, right? You're the one doing the seeing and experiencing, not necessarily the client. They're getting that, like the written report.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, so I'm sort of seeing it and then I'm describing it. So it's like if you were doing a real past life regression, which, you know, I've done, it's like you're there and you're living through it and you're like feeling the feeling. And and
1: you're the one reporting back. (laughs) Yeah, on what's exactly.
2: happening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so this is more like you said, like you're getting a written report. I'm sort of describing everything to them and then they'll say, oh, okay, well, that sounds good. Can we go to the bedroom or can we walk outside and like what's in the backyard? Or So I'm sort of taking direction yeah. um, as to where they want me to go and sort of uncovering, you know, what it is they're looking for. And that way the person is really sort of, sort of able to get a sort of like a panoramic picture of of the scene that they're interested in seeing and gathering the information. Like, I already know ahead of time what information you want to be getting from me. And so I'm sort of looking for that, whether it's an object or your Uncle Earl or whoever is there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's, it's beautiful because like with a past life regression, you've got that first person perspective pretty much only as you're going through that. Whereas right. with this you can see what's happening all around that first person moment as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it is really cool. And it's not, you know, it's something I've been doing more recently. And I think just, you know, being connected to spirit and my, you know, therapeutic background has really made like the perfect marriage for this type of work. And again, it's not for everybody. Not everybody is looking for their hidden memories of their current life, but, there certainly are a good number of people that have questions about things that happened in their life, or even, you know, like my mom, you know, when she got married, she didn't, you know, know what was happening with that situation. And somehow it affected them,
1: it can really provide a lot of information for people in their current life. Well, yeah, and somehow it affected them. I love that phrase, because there are ripples that come out from everything, right? As much as yes. we'd like to think that, well, it's it's just me and my world and my one little thing in my silo. What happens in your silo echoes out into the world in ways that a lot of times you can't predict. Um, we were discussing at the break <laughs> that um, there, there are people in our lives who are very hard to talk to, communicate with, to settle issues with. It's not just the people who are crossed over that it's hard to get resolution with. My mother is, is one of these folks. You can't bring even a hint of criticism near her or she just like shuts down, becomes totally yeah. defensive. Um, so I like this approach where you can go, okay, I, I have this broken thing going on. And I don't know how to resolve it because they're dead or they won't talk to me in a way that's, that's productive. Um, what have you seen happen for people who are in those situations? You know, I, I wish I'd, you know, settled the problem that I had with my mother before she passed away, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's, it has been really beautiful, man. I wish I could say that I am able to change the other person, but unfortunately,
1: yeah, well, I, you know, there's still have... free will limits, right?
2: <laughs> I know. Gosh darn Dang it. I know. I wish I could, but so I can't say that. But, you know, as everyone knows, you can only change yourself and you can only fix what's going on with you. And so if you're having an issue, like you said, with you, there's someone that's crossed. Or someone that's still here that won't listen to you, um, you can change yourself and how you respond to that. And so it's like we were talking earlier that if there these type of sessions, if you get some closure in terms of what happened, you know, say to your mother or to your sister that has caused a lot of tension and they won't listen to you, there's lots of ways that you can sort of discharge that energy you know, earlier we were talking about writing letters, you know, you can write a letter and you can bury it, you can write a letter and, burn. you know, tear it up, burn it. So you're getting that out of your system. And it's sort of your soul is saying, like, okay, I've connected with this, I, I've, I've sort of ruminated around it, I've felt it, I've cried about it, I've done whatever I've needed to emotionally about it. And now I'm releasing it. And that's really sort of all you can do, especially if a person has passed, there's not much you can do to, you know, bring them back, at least not yet. Um, ah. and, and, and it's the same for somebody that's here that won't listen to you, because you might try to talk to them. Um, and if they're not going to listen to you, they're going to shut you down. But you still need to process your feelings. Yeah, and you need exactly. to be able to get it out. So having this type of session lets you have that process. And then you're able to sort of discharge those feelings through, you know, a variety of ways.
1: Yeah. um, And that brings me around to what I want to say, remembering from earlier in my journey. (laughs) I can remember early on someone had had come to me with the concept of, well, you you control how you feel about things. I'm like, oh, no, I don't. (laughs) The emotion emotion is a reaction and it just is what it is. Now, I've discovered since then that there is a space in which kind of a decision is taken around how you're going to feel about the thing. Right. Um, it took me a long time to find that space and begin to widen it out. But one of the things I can remember thinking back in that day, well, was well, there was nothing else I could have done. Yeah. Which, in some ways, was true in that moment because I hadn't recognized like the gap between the the thing and the emotional response. Right. Um, but uh, the farther I grow away from that stage, the more I notice I had options that I hadn't recognized.
2: Exactly. So, yeah,
1: and- is is this kind of session helpful if you're in that space where that? Oh well, there's nothing else I can do. <laughs> It depends, you know, I mean, it really depends. I think people that
2: are firmly planted in the there's nothing I could have done defense mechanism because, you know, it is, and is we're yeah. all human. We all have our defense mechanisms. You know, sometimes that can be connected with, you know, narcissism and other issues that, you know, that therapists like me are sort of trained to recognize. Um, and so if you're firmly connected to that, then no, it's it's first of all, you probably wouldn't seek out a session with someone like this right. or very rarely. <laughs> Um, and if you do, you're not going to hear any feedback. But if you are like you were talking about in more of that opening phase, because again, we all have our defense mechanisms, we're all right. just human trying to learn. And you're sort of like, oh, well, maybe I could do things different. Having a type of session like that with someone like me sort of gives you more options in terms of like how you could have handled it. And once you sort of process them, you're like, oh yeah, well maybe it could have been a little different or maybe, but there needs to be that opening. And for some people, unfortunately, there isn't. If there's no opening, then nothing's getting through.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I know for me, I started with a, what I want to say, when I was very young, it was important to me not to bear the responsibility for anything that had gone wrong. Hmm. Um, and then I started to discover that when you accepted response ability, uh, you were able to do things about it. But while you're ducking it, you, there's nothing you can do about it. And so I think that was part of what started the opening up for me and the, the curiosity around, well, what what might I could have done.
2: Yeah, and that's really beautiful that you say that because clearly like that's part of your soul path. I mean, I think it's part of everyone's, but with the reincarnation piece, some people just aren't there yet. You know, they're just in the, oh, I have to, Hold on to this and you know, and and people may or may not know if anyone's holding on to that or they can't take responsibility, it's all about fear. And underneath Mm -hmm. the fear is all about I'm not good enough. I just saved you a lot of money in therapy. Because that's how it (laughs) comes down to
1: just just suck that
2: in. (laughs) We've just (laughs) shortcutted you by five years. Exactly. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, just you know, been since I did that for a long time. I mean, that's a lot of what the therapy piece is, is people feel like they're not good enough. And there's various ways that they got there, which are definitely worth exploring. But that's what's underneath the fear is I'm not okay. There's something wrong yeah. with me. And so if you're in a place where you're not open to hearing that, you're still desperately clinging to that. And, you know, and that's, they need that right now. Yeah. So maybe if yeah. you're dealing with someone like that, have a little compassion for them, even though it may be very difficult, because they're not able to see past that fear
1: and yeah. that's where they need to be. Yeah, I I love the the statement around having some compassion for them. It can be a challenging thing to do, but I find of it course. to be very rewarding um when I have spent the time looking at the other person's perspective and standing in their shoes for a while. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to put up with the behavior. <laughs> yeah. But it makes it easier for me when they're exhibiting that behavior to know that, well, they're not doing this just to be oppositional and, and to cause me grief. There's actual stuff going on for them behind that.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And it allows me to work with them in a more compassionate way, because there's a difference between, you know, I love you very much, but right now we both need to go to our separate corners and, and decompress. And get the hell out of my house and never talk to me again, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, there definitely is, and I and I I know myself. It is it's hard because you get into that anger place, and you're just like, "You get the hell out of my house." Feels a lot more satisfying. At the it moment. does in that instant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but. Ultimately, it doesn't build any bridges. And, yeah. um, you know, that's what we want to do. Right. To try well, to build and
1: at- attacked people never uh, consider the <clears throat> opposite perspective. Whereas if they feel understood, sometimes they'll get curious about what has shifted with you. And that starts to open things for them. Yes, exactly. Probably not on the time scale I want, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, or or myself
2: either, yeah.
1: But I I see it as a, a better step forward for everybody involved if I can come from that place of compassion. And it's not easy. It takes a lot of work. It's, it's something a lot of times I will spend a few, I will make a few attempts before I finally get there. So I guess what I would encourage uh, for those listening is, You know, just because you've tried it once and you weren't able to get there, don't say, oh, well, this will never work. Take another run at it. And there are two things, two levers that I find useful when I'm trying to move into that other person's perspective. Well, three things to remember, two levers. The first thing to remember is people always make a logical choice for them. Okay. Right something in their context makes this logical for them. So that's the first thing I I remember. And then I get curious about what their experience might be. Uh, And then what was, oh, love. The other thing is to bring forward as much love as I can, along with that curiosity. Uh, And a lot of times, if you're having trouble with love, my secret on bringing forward love is to sink into your heart and bring to mind the person or the thing that's most easy to love don't try and start with this person you're in opposition to that's going to be hard start with the thing that's easy and then you can turn that love towards other people if you have your pen and paper i would encourage you to to take that if you don't have it go get it and write down the things that really dropped for you there will be things that it's like ooh, that's an interesting perspective um, or I can't believe she said that. I don't think that, you know, this is possible for me, blah, 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 all the reasons. Mm, yeah. Uh, and I, I would invite you to note down what those things are, not because I want you to just wholeheartedly embrace anything that has been shared here, but I would invite you to get curious about it Yes. and, and explore from there and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break.
2: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com
1: forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Zofia Renea Morales. I am here with Mari Cartagenova. And before the break, we were discussing, um, beginning to kind of open for yourself to shift and to start to see other people's perspectives with compassion so that you can access better ways to interact with them, regardless of what they're choosing to do, because free will, it's it's a thing and it's not changing anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) True, true, true. So what type of issues and concerns um, have you seen in people that come for this work? Maybe give us an example of a particular client who unwrapped something important.
2: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I had a client recently that came to me that had just, it was literally like a memory she couldn't remember. And it was some issue with, you know, like a, a particular member of the family um, and she, I
1: she, I hate that feeling. It's like there's something important here, but I can't quite put my fingers on it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And she was like, I don't know why I feel this way. And you know, and this was like she was probably older than me, you know, she was definitely old enough. And she's like, but I don't every time and you know, I, I would be near this person, I would feel kind of weird, and I just didn't really understand why. Um, and so when we we went sort of into her hidden memories it was very interesting because we sort of were walking through her house and her mother was there. And as I was sort of connecting, I was able to sort of pick up on, you know, the mother that had passed and, you know, all this information of a lot of the people in her life had already passed, but they were at this particular party. It was like a Christmas party or something. Um, And I was able to sort of give her information about, well, your mother was doing this because of this, or the rose was burned or specific (laughs) information about the party. And she was like, so it was sort of taking her back to that place and it made, I know she was telling me that it made her feel just sort of very sort of warm and cozy to be back in that environment, to be back in her home, her childhood home. Um, and then the piece with um, the member of the family that she was having this issue with, we were talking about it and, I, and as I was sort of taking this you know, energetic tour through her childhood home, there was like an incident, there was like a big fight with this person and her mother. And mm. as a child, she sort of witnessed this and there was ugly words said and sort of raw emotions and the mother sort of ran off crying. And this, this my client was sort of left as a child, like, oh, like what's happening? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm feeling very weird about it. I don't know, like my mom was crying and she was very close to her mother. And then this person, member of the family was loud and aggressive. And, but she didn't really understand why. And this is, had happened when she was, you know,
1: maybe seven or so, like she was young, yeah. I mean, old enough right. to remember. Right, right on the edge of, I can remember what happened and I can't. Yeah, exactly.
2: And so sort of going through this process, you know, we were able to sort of uncover, A, uncovered that the situation happened. B get to why she sort of had a weird feeling about this member of the family who had actually since passed and asked you know so we we sort of I set the scene we I talked about what happened what I was seeing and she was like oh well that makes sense you know now I understand why you know, that that I felt strange about this member of the family and why, you know, I, I didn't want to spend time with him because of this sort of traumatic event that happened between her and her mother and, and also sort of the deepening of a relationship with her mother and deepening of an understanding of why now this mother was a little bit afraid of this person in the yeah. family. And just sort of unwrapping all of that. And sh- and this client of mine just got a lot of comfort and a a sort of a lot of closure, because all these people had passed. And so, like we were talking earlier, there wasn't really anything that she could do about it. But now, she had an understanding as to why she felt that way, why her mother had sort of this reaction to this person whenever he would come over, and why she felt sort of ambivalent, or not ambivalent, but torn, because she wants to be you know, with her her mother's ally, but then it's like this other part of the family that oh, I don't know, I feel sort of strange and conflicted right. about it.
1: Well, yeah. and he was probably he. I I don't know if he was a he or not. Yeah. Um, but uh, it it's always unsettling when you discover that someone you love is not someone safe, quote unquote, for whatever yeah. reason. And I suspect there's, there's a bit of that happening as well. Right.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. And then again, like I try not to delve into like the uglier parts of it, but I get to enough of it where people understand, you know, like yeah. it's almost like as soon as I start talking, I set the scene of what, like, you know, this was a holiday party or some type of party they were having, having, and I set the scene about the food and who's there and the music and what the place looks like. And, once, once I do that, the, the person is there, my client is there emotionally. Yeah. And then they're sort of, re, even though they can't see it, or they usually are not seeing it in the same way that I see it, they're still reliving it emotionally. And they're sort of feeling it emotionally, but there's closure on the other end, because now they're an yeah. adult. And now they're able to see it as an adult. And they're like, oh, well, now I understand.
1: Yeah, it's
2: Very healing, really is very healing work.
1: Yeah, and, and they're doing it from a safe place as well, right? They have you yes. there as a guide uh, yes. to help them through any kind of, what I want to say, emotional upset that might go on with it as well.
2: Yeah, 100%. And the other thing I wanted to bring up you know, earlier that we didn't touch on is all about emotional um, ancestral trauma.
1: oh yes let's dig into that for a minute I know we need (laughs) a whole nother
2: topic I know
1: (laughs) and there's scientific basis for this which I love the fact that there's scientific basis for this that goes along with what I want to say the anecdotal evidence and the things that we see day to day in practice um because this inherited ancestral emotion stuff the scientific side of that is what they're calling now epigenetics. And Mm. you can have an emotional reaction that will permanently turn on or relatively permanently turn on or turn off parts of your DNA. And you will pass those settings on to your children. Mm. So if something happened to you as a young child that turned on this uh, anxiety reaction. Yes. Your children will likely also have that anxiety reaction turned on. And uh, so it's important to to work with your stuff because it's not just your stuff. It will become their stuff as well. Yes, yes, exactly. And and that's
2: a part of the work that I do. It's like you're talking about sort of inheriting this trauma. It's like you don't even know why you have it or why, you know, like there's been 10 10- Ten generation generations exactly family that are anxious you know it's like gee why is that happening but if there's this type of you know sort of any abuse or any type of trauma that you experience whether you personally experienced it or not it doesn't matter because if it's sort of living yeah. in your home and I'm sure you've probably read studies about this with like holocaust survivors like first generation oh, yeah. holocaust survivors that they weren't in the holocaust but their family was and that's sort of been brought into their family yeah. sort of energetically like in their DNA or whatever it is. But, and, and it does affect them, whether they, and you say this to people and mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, what are you talking about? How? Yeah,
1: how no, I've, it? I've never endured that hardship. Yeah, exactly. You, you have, you've got secondhand hardship. It's like the secondhand 100%. smoke of your yeah. emotional life. Um, exactly. Well, and that's, I think a lot of times how like family curses get started. That this terrible conflict happens and somebody is quote unquote cursed to whatever, never have financial abundance or whatever the thing was. Uh, And they see that develop out in their life for whatever reason, whatever you think the the source of a curse might be, whether it's a mental construct or an actual uh, woo thing that happens. And so they see the evidence for that and it gets, it it's heavily impressed on them and it will be heavily impressed on their children who watch them go through this and their grandchildren who watch them and their parents go through this Right, and soon you have a family curse
2: Right. It's interesting. I never thought about it as a curse. It's more like almost like an energetic thing. Yeah. Like if you grew up with, we'll never have any money. You know, it's like the yeah. manifestation piece. We'll never have any money. Oh, we'll never have money. And then the kid is like, oh, well, I'll never have any money because you never had any money. Yeah.
1: So you couldn't teach me to have money. And therefore, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. So we'll never have any money. So, yeah, I never thought about it in the curse sense, but um, it, it's absolutely an emotional curse and a psychological curse because, you know, it, it's, it's feeling not safe in a variety of different ways, whether it's financial, you know, emotional, psychological, you're not feeling safe in the world. And, you know, that can bring about a whole host of problems, you know, whether it's material or, you know, emotional or otherwise. And it's important to process this stuff so that you're not stuck in, you know, someone else's trauma three generations back.
1: Yeah, or even longer. On my mother's side, I've cleaned up stuff that was like 40 generations old. Wow, wow. (laughs) It's like, holy crap, how am I supposed to know what's at the root of this, right? This was early in my journey before I'd even acknowledged that my gifts were opening up. And I can remember going, 40 generations? My mom's side of the family doesn't talk about this shit that happened 40 years ago, let alone 40 generations. and so i'm like okay so how am i supposed to know and that's when i started getting a whole bunch of uh, psychic information that i i wasn't entirely sure how to deal with in that moment (laughs) made the scientist a little bit crazy but uh yeah i did get the information that i needed to unwrap it but yeah it was it was a a struggle between the scientist and the intuitive as i was going through that process
2: (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I bet it probably always was. That's very interesting. I'd love to hear more about that later. Because 40 generations is definitely a long,
1: a long, long time ago. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So we're down to our last couple of minutes of showtime. What what would you like to say to kind of wrap all this up and put a bow on it for the people who are listening?
2: Well, I guess what I'd like to say is that just to be open, to be open to the possibilities of things that are out there that might help you heal, because that is what, you know, we're both about trying to help people heal, whether it's ancestral trauma, memories, past life, you know, psychic information. Um, Because I know certainly Some people out there, this may seem like, oh god, that sounds so crazy, and there's no way something you know, 40 generations is (laughs) affecting me today. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but just be open to it because it's like I know for me or for my clients, if you're getting that little niggling like something is wrong, like, or every time you go do X, you know, you're with you're at a high place, or you're interacting with a certain person, or you're eating at a certain place, you go to a part of town or wherever and you're feeling like, ah, there's that little tapping inside that says something's not right here, something hasn't been finished off here, I suggest you listen to yourself and seek out, you know, someone like me or that does this type of work or past life regression. Just sort of try to get a handle on... Why that's tapping because I can tell you from personal experience if something is tapping quietly, it will continue to tap and it will get louder and louder
1: until you can't ignore it anymore. And you don't <laughs> exactly. Want that. Yeah, that's the spiritual two by four up the head. That's not fun. No, that's not <laughs> that, that's, fun. That's that. That. the cancer diagnosis. That's all kinds of ugliness you don't God want. God
2: forbid. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. You don't want that. So start small, listen to it when it's small. And, you know, try to unwrap it then and allow yourself the grace to take the time to unwrap it. Because like you were saying, Sophia, it doesn't happen like, okay, now I know, boom, it's done. It may take time. It may take six months. You may have to do it again in six months. Like it takes time to sort of like, you know, archaeologically dig it out of your soul, if you want to say, you know, maybe you dug up one diamond, but maybe there's another one or another one. You need to sort of keep at it until you feel like, okay. Like, I feel at peace about this. Yeah. And so allow well, yourself the grace to do that.
1: And I think that it's a blessing a lot of times that we do have to circle back. I know it's kind of frustrating. It's like, oh God, here we go with this issue again. Yeah, but true. it, the circling back gives you time to, to process what you've already discovered and yes. then to go another layer down. Because if you do it all at once, there's this thing called overwhelm that that kicks in. And that tends to cause you to shut down and not be able to deal with things. So I think it is definitely a blessing that it does not all come out at once, even though a lot of times we'd like it to.
2: Right, exactly. Because right, you said, it is certainly a blessing because if you, if, if you knew everything all at once in one go, you wouldn't be able to handle it anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or Or where to start or what the next steps would be. So yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mari. It has been a pleasure as usual. Uh, Everyone out there who's joined us, uh, you can find Mari's information at SovereignSelf.media if you would like to get in contact with her about doing this past life and hidden memory recovery type of work. And I love that you join us every week for this. I do this show for you and I would love to hear from you how you feel about the show, the direction that it's going. If there are people you would like to have me on, see me have on the show a topic you'd like to see me dig deeper into and discuss, I would love to hear from you. Ask Zofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co and until next week, go out and live soul first.